Howdy! Welcome to another episode of Flick 66. And instead of our usual opening theme, we have an excerpt from of a theme song from The Mandalorian, which Ooh. just dropped on Disney Plus on Tuesday. Uh, composed by Ludwig Göransson, USC alum, who went to who was in film school there with our own Jay New. Uh, Assistant Professor of Cinematic Arts here at Azusa Pacific. Uh, welcome to episode 29, The Wonderful World of Disney+. Plus. I am Dr. Thomas Parham, Executive Director of Screenwriting here at Azusa Pacific University. Joining me via Skype is... Brian Isay, Senior Adjunct, Azusa Pacific University. And then with me in in the studio slash my office is... Aaron Lindemann, avid Mandalorian purist <laughs> and fan. Mandalorian. Part man, part DeLorean. <laughs> uh, let's recap last week's bo- last weekend's box office. In a surprise upset, Roland Emmerich's Midway beat Doctor Sleep, the sequel to The Shining, with seventeen point eight million dollars versus fourteen point one million dollars, and that was over the Veterans Day weekend. Some people had Monday off; we did not. Uh, Playing with Fire opened in third with $12.7 million. Last Christmas opened in fourth place with $11.4 million. And Terminator Dark Fate, never was a film so aptly subtitled, fell to fifth in its second weekend out with $10.8 million and $48.4 million cum. Ouch. Uh, They expect it might lose as much as $100 million. Ryan, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I thought it was fine. I think the problem is that franchise is so tropey. It's like, if you're going to do another one, please don't. <laughs> they, they need to they need to leave it alone for a while until there's a demand for more or something. And, and it needs to be a new approach because obviously the same formula is not working when you've got that paltry box office. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I chose. I actually chose to see Zombieland two over that, which was another unnecessary sequel. Yes, it was enjoyable. But it, it was enjoyable, but it was definitely unnecessary. Yeah, it was weightless. Thoughts, Ryan? They're both forgettable. Terminator. My problem is one. The same thing. I the problem I had with the first Matrix sequel. A similar issue too is that when you have this spectacular early first half chase action sequence like we have uh, both of them taking place or ending on a freeway nothing and the rest of the movie is able to live up to that sequence and that's disappointing yep. that being the best scene in the movie and then i have like what another hour hour and a half left and nothing quite lives up to it uh, <laughs> the movie's not <laughs> over what <laughs> i want to go home now i'm bored <laughs> yeah. no, my, my second problem is that um i don't mind politics in, in movies, I think that, that, that it's inevitable, especially with genre pictures. Uh, but the politics in this one, it, it wasn't that it was obvious. It's that the dialogue spoon-fed the themes to the audience. It was, like, we don't, we don't, it was clumsily we don't. handled. Yes. Yeah, we don't, we, we, I get it that, they're, that the future is female. I don't have to have a female character telling me the future is female and that a male is characters not needed. Like they pounded it in. That's it. I, just use a little subtlety, just a little better, better in screenwriting. And I wouldn't have minded. I just, but yeah, yeah, that was my biggest issue. With so many writers who worked on that, I was surprised the script was so weak. I just got flashbacks to the end game scene where 
every female character yeah. magically appeared. I <laughs> don't mind that. I want an A-Force movie. Thank you very much. I want much. an A-Force movie, but it was just so convenient that well, every single... My prediction, I think we're getting Young Avengers first. Oh, yeah. Because... Because something that Feige's... Well, we'll talk about that. I got chills when they did it in Infinity War, when he had the Black Widow uh, moment with uh, uh, Scar- Scarlet Witch and uh, Okoye. Okoye. That, was, that gave that me was chills. Cool. I was like, yeah. yeah. And then this one, I was kind of like, eh, okay. <laughs> uh, new releases. Ford versus Ferrari is setting the pace to win this weekend. Ryan, you saw it already, right? Yeah, it's 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 solid Oscar bait because it's not it's a fun movie to watch. There's a lot of laughs, really good performances, some some kind of obvious, uh, you know, because it's based on a true story. So there's some obvious contrivances in terms of, uh, oh, this will be a good emotional hook for the audience. Um, pretty predictable from start to finish. But Christian Bale, I would put my money on him getting a handful of nominations, another spectacular performance. He's just another one of those kind of, I, I, I'd say they're not necessary. It's just, I get tired of the, Oh, it's award season. Here come our based on true story. Movies. Here comes Oscar bait. So yeah. I, I'm surprised nobody's made a, not another based on a true story movie. Um, also opening is Elizabeth Banks reboot of Charlie's Angels. Talk about unnecessary sequels or remakes or re- whatever. Uh, they're predicting it's not doing great because it did not do well last night for previews. And then next Friday, the 500 pound elephant everywhere will be frozen to, which will easily dominate the pre Thanksgiving holiday frame and probably all the way through Thanksgiving. Um, and the reviews say what? Uh, I think it's humorous that uh, they're trying to sell this new Charlie's Angels as like a new feminist Charlie's Angels. When the last film reboots were released, they tried to sell them as like body positive feminist films also, which I think it's all just under this fake guise of putting young actresses in these roles that what what, what what's it called? The um, Jiggle TV. Oh, Jiggle TV. Pretty- yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're just revising Jiggle TV for, you know. Jiggle Cinema. And and during the 70s, that was just, oh, look, we're feminists. Look at these female characters. Now let's put them in these outfits. So it it, it just seems very contradictory to me that they're trying again with these, again, with the same franchise. It's interesting that Elizabeth, I think Elizabeth Banks co-wrote and also directed this. So, and probably appears on screen. Um, I, that is so low on my list of things to see because there's, I, you know, I keep forgetting that that's coming out. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem is, yeah, I don't Who's the target audience? Yeah. Honestly, some of these movies coming out are totally off my radar and I'm more interested in films like Uncut Gems and I've heard good things about that. I'm really excited now, for that. Now that it's award seasons and that I get to vote for WGA awards, I'm getting some screeners and getting all these invitations to screenings. It's like, woo! Uh, going to a screening of part four of When They See Us on f- Sunday at the uh, uh, at Ampus Mary Pickford Center in Hollywood. Okay, noteworthy TV casting cancellations, renewals, and pickups. ABC announced that Fresh Off the Boat will not return for season seven. So, yikes. Uh, really early. I don't know if there's... There was some weird bad blood because of Constance Wu. That's what I was just about to say. And her Twitter... And her tweets over the summer. So, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, 
Say what? What was that? Well, I didn't hear about that controversy. The oh, last tweets I heard was when she was bashing the Great Wall incorrectly, not knowing even the premise of the movie. She got up. Which- she got not ups- upset that they it, the show got renewed. She got upset that the show got renewed because she wants to have a movie career after uh, Crazy Rich Asians and then Hustlers was getting ready to come out, which is still bad form. I don't know. Yeah, it- whoever's whoever's giving her advice needs to either be fired or smacked. <laughs> yeah, that just it's it's a little distasteful. I think. Yeah, to- because when when a show when you know when you know the number two on the call sheet is. Is upset that the show is picked up. It's like, dude, and so many shows try to survive. Well, that n- not only love. that, but how many crew people and actors are depending on that show's survival? Yeah, I mean, I wonder if they seriously they should have considered to, you know, it's like, kill hey, off. you know, <laughs> kill off, <laughs> make uh, make Randall Park a uh, a widower for season seven. Yeah. Um, ABC also picked up American Housewife and Bless This Mess for six more episodes, and Nirvana Autumns one of Adams, one of our alums from before cinema was actually a major when it was still a club, is one of the directors of American Housewife. So, yay! Um, the next live in front of a studio audience special will air on December 18th, a week before Christmas, and feature All in the Family and Good Times. And those are executive produced by Norman Lear and Jimmy Kimmel. So, uh, that'll be interesting. Amazon renewed Goliath, starring Billy Bob Thornton, for its fourth and final season. Darcy Carden from NBC's The Good Place will join Abby Jacobson in a league of their own, an original series based on the movie. I could have sworn, wasn't that already a series in like the late 80s or early 90s? I don't know, but I think she fits perfectly if I had to pick somebody to be in a league yeah. of their own. Well, if you're, if you're going to dust off these old IPs and yeah. redo them, why not? Uh, the right people. Sydney Sweeney from HBO's Euphoria and Justice Smith from Detective Pikachu will star in an original thriller for Amazon called The Voyeurs. Apple TV Plus renewed all four original series for All Mankind, The Good One, The Morning Show, C, and Dickinson. Or don't see. (laughs) Yeah, or don't see. (laughs) So, okay, one question. Is Apple TV doing the weekly thing? They're doing the weekly thing. Okay. Yeah, the weekly thing. Except for, unlike Disney Plus, they have no back. Yeah, no library. Bad. They don't nothing. have like all the nineties. They have show. nothing. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> uh, Adam Scott and Ben Stiller are teaming up for a drama Severance, created by and starring Scott and directed by Stiller. Both will also produce. CBS has ordered a sports game show from executive producer James Corden, and it'll be hosted by Keegan Michael Key. They also gave a put pilot commitment for an Equalizer reboot with Queen Latifah. It's interesting that they're going to reboot a TV show, which became a film franchise to be a TV show again, but gender flipped the lead. Uh, put pilot, by the way, means that if they don't make the pilot, there is a huge substantial kill fee for profit for, for basically the pay or play people. So it's cheaper to make it. <laughs> and with, with Queen Latifah's name behind it, oh, they'll yeah. prob- it'll probably get a series order. Speaking of which, DC Universe has greenlit Titan Season 3. Uh <laughs> whether that'll air on dc universe if it's still around or hbo max or both who knows but that will air in uh fall of 2020 i'm hearing rumors that the snyder cut might be they're trying to do that for hbo max we'll see seriously yeah we'll see they're gonna have to shoot stuff because he didn't finish a cut Uh, there was an interview with jason momoa he said he saw it what it was like an mtv thing he wasn't talking it was like news last week no he's like i saw it Oh wow! Like, Interesting. Uh, Dis- edit. Say what? It might just be his edit. 
like a director's edit, yeah. not necessarily footage, but just he re-edited it or edited it the way he imagined it when he first. Hopefully, they got rid of that first scene with the fake mustache. Oh my gosh, that's that's the most it cringy looks thing. So bad in 4K, it just. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's awful. Um, Disney Plus launched Tuesday. We'll talk about that in future stories. Although late breaking news from Disney Plus, Sophia DiMartino from yesterday is going to join Tom Hiddleston in the Loki limited series. E is going to revive the Soup franchise. Yeah, nobody asked for that. Speaking of what nobody asked for, Fox is not going to renew BH90210, the quasi-reality show slash reunion of the original 90210 cast, minus the late Luke Perry. Uh, FX has renewed Mayans MC for season three, and they're going to produce original series for its sister streaming outlet, Hulu. So Disney is closing in on that corporate synergy. NBC has released the entire Days of Our Lives cast from contract, which may be the beginning of the end for that. Um, it's interesting. Uh, Ryan was talking a little bit about TV history earlier in the 70s with Jiggle TV. Soap operas have been a mainstay of TV when TV ported over from radio. Um, and it's interesting right now on the three major on the three major broadcast networks. Sorry, Fox. Uh, we only have four soap operas left. Uh, two on it. Two on CBS. General Hospital on ABC. Days on NBC. Uh, Young and the Restless, Bold and the Beautiful on CBS. But f if Days is <laughs> is short for this world, that's going to be a huge blow. I mean, talk about a lot of people out of work. Because if you know, think of all the actors and the crew and the writers and. Yeah. So it's just kind of sad that because of the way that the uh, the industry has changed since the early days of television. Do you think reality TV has something to do with that? Oh, I, there's so many factors. It's yeah. not funny. Um, NBC has also picked up Brooklyn Nine-Nine for season eight. Yay! So a sign that sometimes you can rescue a show from another network and it can keep going on. And see, Constant Loot, the, they already posted a photo happy about the renewal. They put up... Oh. They put up eight... Of course they did. Hold up eight fingers. Of course they know. did. Uh, Netflix has inked a multi-year deal for Nickelodeon to produce animated features and television series based on existing characters and new ones. That's really interesting because as Viacom and CBS are about to merge next month, uh, Nickelodeon, which comes under Viacom, they're... Instead of trying to port all that stuff over to CBS All Access, they're doing a deal with Netflix. Because so. Netflix is trying to stay afloat. Well. In some capacity. I mean, it's probably not sinking, but they're trying to. Well, the, they've got to have some. It would be good for them to have stuff that's not from themselves when everybody else seems to be pulling off, pulling content for uh, Peacock or uh, HBO Max. Zoe Saldana will star in the limited series From Scratch, based on Timby Locke's memoir and executive produced by Reese Witherspoon. And my young doppelganger, John Boyega, will star in the thriller Rebel Ridge from writer-director Jeremy Saunier, who directed Green Room. Showtime uh, has announced that Juliana Margulies and Corey Stoll will join the cast of Billions for season five. Stars is developing a weed sequel series. Don't know why. I stopped watching the show when I was starting to hate everybody, including the kids. 
and then finally, Universal Cable Productions has set Kate McKinnon to star in a series adaptation of Joe Exotic Podcast. Wow, do you think they'll make a television series about our podcast? You know, one day. <laughs> Who would you cast to play you, Aaron? Who would I cast? Well, he's a lot older than me, so I... I... I've been told that my mannerisms and stuff is very similar to Jason Siegel, but he's a lot older than me. Because yeah. I'm a bigger guy. It's fiction. Um, how about you, Ryan? <laughs> who, who would you cast to play you? Or would you want to play you? Yeah, I cast myself. I need another job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're going any any uh, era, do uh, Freaks and Geeks Jason Siegel. Freaks and Geeks Jason Siegel. And yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna stick with my young doppelganger, John Boyega. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I mean, other film news. Uh, Disney announced that newcomer Jonah Howard King will play Prince Eric in Disney's live-action remake of The Little Mermaid. Paramount has landed Damien Chazelle's Babylon, starring Emma Stone and Brad Pitt, and it's going to be released in Christmas 2021. Sony has announced that Mark Wahlberg will join Tom Holland in Uncharted, the movie, as Victor Sully Sullivan. Fun fact, in another, you know, years ago, Wahlberg was attached to play nathan drake in an uncharted movie so evidently he approached them and said hey i'd like to be involved somehow and so they're like hey we'd love to have you involved yeah um and then miscellaneous dwayne johnson's going to produce and star in a film about mma fighter mark kerr lady gaga is going to star in ridley scott's movie about the gucci family fashion dynasty and the murder of founder guccio gucci's grandson Keely Haas will star opposite Hugh Bonneville from uh, Downton Abbey in a film about Oscar winner Patricia Neal and her husband, author Roald Dahl. Uh, Patricia Neal uh, was the female lead of, of the classic Day the Earth Stood Still, and she was the original mother in the pilot for the Waltons uh, television series. And Roald Dahl, of course, wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and its sequel, which people ignore, which annoys me, as well as James and the Giant Peach and a bunch of other cool stuff. Uh, Magnolia Pictures has acquired U.S. rights to Roy Anderson's About Endlessness, for which he won Best Director at Venice International Film Festival. Music Box Films has picked up Werner Herzog's Nomad in the footsteps of Bruce Chatwin. And speaking of Werner Herzog, who has announced, he has said, hey, the reason I am doing The Mandalorian is I can use the money to make my films. <laughs> which is like, and he's great. He's in episode one of The Mandalorian. Yeah, he was great. Oh my Every, gosh. Everyone's pretty much great. I mean, I had somewhat we'll talk a little bit more about it about well, we're there it's it's we're there. story time i had a little bit of the issue with the uh life day guy I forget his name the blue oh well, well let, let's rewind let's talk about disney plus just okay. in general okay. uh the and we call this the wonderful world of disney plus now ryan you don't have it yet right yeah no i don't really see the need i own most of the things they have on their catalog so uh, I'll wait till the first season's finished of the only show that anyone is really interested in, and then I'll get a trial. Hey, dude, people are interested in the Golden Blue. There's a cult around Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, it's pretty, it's it's very, pretty great. I mean, they, they've, <laughs> made, they've made sexy Ian Malcolm action figures from Jurassic Park 1. So. Yeah, I get that, but no one is paying a subscription just to watch that show is my point. Okay. That's true. <laughs> um, so uh, a day after Disney Plus launched, they, they, the Walt Disney Company, announced 10 million subscribers. And day one, there were 3.1 million software downloads. Um, here's one of... I started watching Lady and the Tramp, and it's as 
well-produced and as completely unnecessary as the other animation to live action remakes. I mean, you know, it's kind of cool that Tessa Thompson and Justin Theroux play the voices of Lady and Tramp, but it's just, I start, I watched about 20, 25 minutes of it. It's like, you know, I got other things to do. Yeah. I haven't even touched that. Um, I'm a little disappointed in the school's Wi-Fi here because of the school's slow Wi-Fi because I live on campus. I can't stream Star Wars in 4K. So what? I'm very upset. Yes, that's right. All the Star Wars films are in 4K oh. on Disney+. And fun fact, for those of you who've been lamenting the Disney takeover and the elimination of the Fox fanfare, the Fox fanfare is back on episodes one through six with the Lucasfilm Shimmer. Yep, and Lucas had one more edit left. Oh my <laughs> gosh, why? Dude, stop <laughs> screwing with your old... Fi- what did he do? McClunky. What? Have you seen that? Malunky? McClunky? It's the Han shot first Greedo oh, thing. Oh no. So it's really weird. It's very... So it's like people... How many times has he screwed with this? I don't know. This is like his third or fourth time. Easy. So it's weird. So, you know, Han says his line like... Uh, or... Greedo's like, I've been waiting for this. And then, or Han says his line, and then it cuts to like a straight on shot of Greedo, and Greedo says like, McClunky. And then the shots happen. McClunky? It, yeah, I'll show you after what? the podcast. It's uh, it's the new joke on Twitter. Oh, that's just weird. McClunky. And, and Lucas did do this edit. It, it's, it's more jarring than ever, but Han did shoot first in this edit, so... For Why doesn't he just said, put it back the way it was originally? I don't know. It's worse in every way. Ugh. But everything else, everything else, I think is. Are we talking like same. episode six? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's still the same, yeah. Too. <laughs> but uh, I hear it looks really good if you're into 4K. Also, um, which is interesting because they have not released the films dig- on on physical media. Nope, in it's 4K. an exclusive thing right now. By the way, speaking of physical media. Uh, streaming services are killing physical media. I mean, oh, yeah. DVD, DVD sales are down, and that's not because of Blu-ray. The, it's because people are streaming. I think they will release Star Wars in 4K. Oh, you I, know they will. Yeah, and I, I'll be there day one getting those. They, I, I, I'm embarrassed to say how many times I bought Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> including VHS, Laserdisc, DVD, Blu-ray. Mm. My ones that I want Disney to release is I also want to get the first Pirates of the Caribbean in 4K because I actually the good, the good one the good one <laughs> I really enjoy that film. I'm sure that what's well, a great that's film. in 4K on Disney Plus too. They got some they got some interesting exclusive 4Ks right now. Yeah, uh, Santa Claus movies, <laughs> National Treasure, the Pirates movies, Princess Diaries is in 4K. Wow, because that's what I want to see. Yeah, in 4K. <laughs> um. They might not make a lot of money, but they're still releasing a steady stream of 4K. That's that's almost exclusively what I review now. If it's not a new release, I'm getting old things. I just reviewed um, uh, Scarface. Oh, wow. uh, Al Pacino uh, uh, on 4K. So, yeah, they're not making a ton of money, but they're still trying as hard as they can to make additional income up past. Say hello to my little friend. I'm on the same boat as you. I I love buying older films in 4K. I just got Wizard of Oz in 4K. It looks incredible. I'm thinking about getting that. It's it's impressive. 
Uh, did you buy it streaming or, or no disc? i only go disc. Disc. disc i i mean if it's streaming and it's only on streaming in 4k i'll watch it but like for me uh because of the compression rate with digital downloads i like to go buy the 4k disc i've got i've got fast internet at home so that's nice yeah um, I, I, do, <laughs> I do not um one other thing um <clears throat> oh oh talk about deep cut um the disney movie club of which i've been a member for a while they have a bunch of discs that are exclusive to them, including uh, Brendan Fraser's George of the Jungle, which this is the first time it's ever been released in widescreen on anything except for Laserdisc. But they released The Black Hole, and I popped the disc in, and much to my dismay, the movie started playing. On Disney+, Plus, when you start the movie, the overture plays, which is the way it's supposed to go, because there's a really cool overture and then the main title credit scene. So Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, also, if you're a big Marvel fan, they added a lot of deleted scenes for Avengers Endgame, including. Well, not a lot. A couple. Six. They only released on Blu-ray. You could tell they're holding back. They only released like five deleted scenes oh, yeah. that were like thirty seconds. Well, you know, there's an Ultimate Collector's Edition. That's going to be coming Infinity out. Saga box but set that. The deleted scenes they added are pretty cool. You get the. Uh, scene the where trench scene you get the trench scene you get the scene where uh thanos actually attacks on vormir and black widow's just getting shot up as she's like trying to crawl to sacrifice herself mm. which is pretty cool and then you get the scene with uh the Catherine girl, langford Catherine langford who plays the older version of morgan stark and it's it's kind of heartbreaking because robert downey jr is like you can tell he's scared in that moment and mm -hmm. he kind of regrets what he just did mm -hmm. it's, so they're worth checking out yeah um Here's here's one of well Netflix is the I don't know if Netflix has the proprietary rights to this technology, but one of the things that annoys me about DC Universe as well as Disney Plus, if you start watching on one device and go to a different device, it doesn't pick take you to where you left off. Really? Yeah. It, for me it has. Oh, it has? Yeah. It hasn't for me. The one pro yeah, <clears throat> um it has, because I've been watching The Simpsons, which sadly, they cropped the earlier seasons. Cropped to make them 60 by 9? Yeah. Oh, I That's hate when they do that. Yeah, it's annoying. But um, I'm enjoying yeah. it. I'm having a lot of fun watching these the early Simpsons. seasons. Well, the first five are the great seasons. Yeah. After that. Um, um, is it time? The moment I've been waiting for? Uh, well, let's talk about the or the way it's laid out, and it it's in a it's in a variety. <laughs> I'm making Aaron suffer. He wants yeah. to talk about he wants to talk Mando. Uh, the way it's organized, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the interface could use a little work, but there's five basic channels. It's Disney, uh, it's Disney, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, and Nat Geo National Geographic, and Talk about deep cuts. What's kind of cool is if you're in the browsing section, like Disney through the Disney through the years, it'll have like all the de different decades or different eras. Like it'll say '60s, and so you'll have Sound of Music, which was originally made by Fox, now owned by Disney, next to Mary Poppins. So you can do a, a Julie Andrews double feature. So in the '90s, you have uh, you have Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, all three movies. They do this for um, Pixar and, as, and Star Wars and Marvel. They just do the release order. So when you're looking at Pixar, you're going to have Tin Toy first because that was their first short. Then then Red Stream and stuff. It's cool. Like If you want the little history of 
all the what Pixar led up to or Marvel or Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is easy because there's barely anything compared to like Pixar. And, oh yeah, but um, that's yeah, I really like that. And I gotta say, I I browse through things. Probably the most adult thing they have on there is the Simpsons movie. I didn't watch it oh, to see the if they censored Bart's genitals. <laughs> from that scene but they have the Simpsons movie on Disney Plus. One thing that's fascinating too is some of the movies that are politically incorrect they have disclaimers at the beginning basically about the time period that they were made in. Uh, whether this is a pre prelude or a preamble to giving us Song of the South doubt it. I doubt but it. I th Never gonna happen. I think that's the right decision because it teaches like you can learn from your mistakes and admit when you were wrong Rather than, oh, let's just forget. Let's you know? just ignore it like it never yeah, happened. Like, like, let's burn the history books, you know? Um, they have, uh, there's a lot of deep cuts. There's a whole section, and there's like this whole cult fan following of DCOMs, which is, I'd never heard of it before. And then I was talking with with uh, Anthony Borelli, one of my screenwriting students, about it yesterday. His roommates were all about the DCOMs. Disney Channel original movies. Yep. They basically have... Every single one. All of them. <laughs> Including like, all of them. My favorite being On the Mat, which is about a blind wrestler. It's a good... I, I loved that when I was younger. Oh, wow. That's a deep cut. That's not a very popular one. <laughs> <laughs> so, and they have the first two Descendants movies, of course. The high school movie... All the high school musical movies. They have... Um, you can have your avatars, Cameron Boyce. Say what? You can change your avatar. He's one of them. Some of the Descendants oh. kids. That's cool that they had him on there. Um, they also have, if you're looking for X-Men 90s, Spider-Man 90s, they have all the Marvel 90s. Okay, here's, here's a big, here's an issue I have. They should have Spider-Man 67. Because when, before Disney bought Marvel, Disney Home Entertainment had the rights to release Spider-Man oh, really? 67, which is out of print. I have a copy. I had to break it open for my superhero cinema class earlier this year. But they really need to... I think the earliest thing for Marvel animation is in the 70s, like Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and Spider-Woman, also from the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, you got Gargoyles. You got you got a lot of... Oh, yeah, Gargoyles. Show, shows. Yes, and may Gargoyles... Evidently, Gargoyles is like the second most popular hashtag from Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, since I can't delay it anymore, the crown jewel of Disney... Plus's original program, the man is the Mandalorian, and boy, is it off to a great start! Yeah, they uh, the, episode one was available on launch day, which was Tuesday. New episodes will drop on Fridays, and so since today is Friday, they dropped episode two, and well, it was cool. Yeah, they they dropped it like twenty minutes late. A lot of people went to bed um, because it didn't drop exactly at midnight, but it dropped around. Oh, MJ, 12, it didn't drop twenty. Good. Freaking DC Universe does not drop things until the morning. Yeah. Like 9 a.m. And it's weird. Um, 9 a.m. Eastern. If you're having trouble looking for the new episodes of Disney Plus on your TV around that time, it's going to mostly, most likely be on your phone. A lot of people, I was on Twitter, this was true for me too, the, the, the TV apps weren't showing the new episodes, but the phone app. Oh, like, interesting. Only the phone app, not even the online um, website wasn't showing it, so... Um, phone apps usually get the epi well for this week they got the episodes first. So the um, how would you? Because that's how you want to watch it. Say again, Ryan. I said because that's how you want to watch it. On, well, on a, you know when you're someone like screen. me, 
you're gonna watch the episode more than once. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, how would you describe the premise, Aaron? It is Clint Eastwood's kind of man with no name Star Wars Western show. What's kind of cool is Pedro Pascal is under the Mandalorian helmet. I doubt if we'll see him take it off. I you can for a split second kind of see him through the little black. Oh, interesting. Barely, like just his nose. But um, another pertinent fact: it's set but after episode six, but before episode seven. But the cool thing is also, and it's not it's not like a big spoiler in any way. Um, it's gonna have flashbacks to kind of Clone War era stuff. Oh wow! Uh, they show it in the trailer when the you know you see them like running like the people in Mandalore running. There's mm-hmm. super battle droids in the background, and you see also a separatist ship fly overhead. That's why it's like one of the first lines. He doesn't want to. I'm not gonna get into the deep spoilers, but he doesn't want. Uh, he has a problem with droids. Yeah, that's he, one of his he, motifs. He has, a, yeah. he has a problem with droids, and um, the um, the opening sequence he has. There's a blue alien involved, and Aaron's not fond of this blue alien. I <laughs> did you think it was too comic? I thought it was. Too, I thought it was a lot like John Favreau's character in Solo. It just took me out of the Star Wars feel just a little bit. The way he was like saying, like you know, instead of like thank God, he was like thank whatever the name is. It seemed too much English lingo. Um, I did like that he mentioned Life Day, making it officially canon. Um, Star wow. Wars holiday. By the way, that's something else that's missing. Where is my Star Wars holiday John, special Disney Plus? John Favreau said he wants to make another holiday special. Like that. <laughs> um, but we got they got the first three episodes. Everybody who saw them uh, that I've read actually said the third episode's on par with the other two. I liked the second episode better. It felt more Star Warsy to me, like the old original trilogy. You get that that fun little little feel. It's not as big as an arc for the character as much as what I think the first episode was. Mm -hmm. But uh, I love that the character, you know, you kind of discover towards the end is not CGI. It looks so good that it's not CGI. I'm so happy. And the show was, the series was created by John Favreau, uh, Dave Filoni, who uh, pretty much did all the, has done all the animated series. It's just a testament that Dave Filoni should be, the man to oversee Star Wars. Oversee Star Wars with with a strong assist from Favreau. Yeah, because even like it was really cool. So at the premiere, they had the live Q and A, and you could yeah, I Which you can premiere? tell me uh, for the Mandalorian. They did a premiere this this week. That's why they showed the first three episodes. Oh. So everybody was there besides like Taika Waititi and a couple others. But Taika Waititi de- plays IG Eleven, and he directs one of the episodes. Which um. A bounty hunter that looks a lot like IG-88 from Empire Strikes Back, the robot the robot one. So yeah. I, I don't know if he did the mocap and the voice or just the voice, but... But, and I think Lucas thinks that Dave Filoni should be the one. There's just a little clip where Bryce Dallas Howard said, like, like, oh, Lucas, you know, he calls, like, Dave Filoni his son. And you could see Dave Filoni trying not to cry. It was, it was a really sweet moment. <clears throat> like, you can tell... Like, this means the world to him and, and Bryce everything. Dallas Howard directed the episode, so... She did, too. And um, that was Dave Filoni's, I think, first live-action directing, which I think he did a pretty good job for the first episode. Mm, I didn't I didn't realize that was his first live-action. Yeah. Now, the, uh, it's got a great look. It's sumptuously produced. I've heard the, the budget is just out 
It's astronomical. Fifteen million, I think, per episode. Seriously. Yeah. But they're using it well. I like that they're using it more on the practical effects rather than the, oh, let's do CGI. CGI everything. Um, one of the most pleasant surprises in the first two parts. I mean, you find out in part one, but the character continues in part two. Nick Nolte plays an Ugnaught. And he's great. And he's great. I think he's the fan favorite right now. Everybody's, he's great. Everybody's saying his line. I have, I have spoken. spoken. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but yeah, it was like. When I'm when I saw the first episode the first time I saw the credits like Nick no what and then if you're looking for it you can tell you can tell it's crazy because the the way they again with practical effects and forced perspective because the Mandalorian is you know normal height Ugnaughts are smaller he has so, a huge head yeah yeah he does have to a make huge, it he does have a huge head yeah but uh but it's got all kinds of deep cuts to star wars stuff again we're we're trying to speak very generally not to Vaguely, avoid yeah. uh, spoilers but there's a great twist at the end of episode one which carries us into episode two and, and uh you get you get to see some old get to see old, old familiar care. faces yeah and vehicles and vehicles and honestly uh i was telling them earlier before the podcast i've been on a lot of forums and like reddit and twitter that i have not seen the star wars community this united and loving something as much as this uh, the biggest complaint i've seen and pretty much the only complaint i've seen are that the episodes are not 45 minutes i'm glad i mean here's the thing because filoni's used to working in the half hour space mm -hmm. i mean the first episode is a little bit longer but let the episodes be as long as they need to be. But don't don't pad them. That, yeah, they're not. That's, that's the good thing. That that's the problem with a lot of the uh, broadcast shows and some of the some of the cable and streaming shows. It's like it feels padded. And I just think that Mandalorian so far, and hopefully you know it keeps going in this positive way. I think this is what's really going to unite the Star Wars fans back together because you're exploring different new things you're exploring new things so people will accept that more and also you're diving more into the characters when you have a tv show rather than oh no we got to cram this in two hours mm -hmm. you know we're giving each other you know eight episodes to a season and mandalorian's already shooting season two so we're probably going to get 16 episodes you know we're getting a lot more story how many episodes are season one season one's going to be eight okay eight that's so this week they aired two because there was a launch on Tuesday, but it's going to be every Friday. And the penultimate episode is right the day before. No, the, the I think one episode releases on Wednesday, which will be the day before the Thursday previews for Rise of Skywalker. Oh, wow. So on the 18th of December, we'll have an episode on Wednesday, but then the last episode will be on the Friday following. So... Uh, they don't want to cannibalize their own box office. Yeah, and um, Disney synergy. I don't know. I'm. I feel. I haven't been this hot, happy like being a Star Wars fan in a while, and I haven't been this excited for a show in a while. And I love that it's weekly because I just love talking about it with people and say, "Ooh, what's happening next?" <laughs> you know, because I mean, you get the when you binge, you get like, "Oh, for like three weeks, oh, Stranger Things was great. Stranger Things three, woo!" And then you know. I th I will not be surprised if pretty much all the uh, all the competing streaming services start adopting the once a week format because it's it's good business sense 
Because if you can binge every, if there's one series you want and it drops all at once, then people will buy the series, do a trial run, and then drop the series. But if you keep giving them things they want, I mean, it's kind of like a, a, a pusher. It's like, ooh, want some? Here's a little taste of Star Wars. Want some more? <laughs> yeah. I got some. <laughs> and I like. Oh, I think the opening little thing is kind of cool. Oh, that's that's a cool thing they did. They have a little graphic that goes over like different characters to intro like the Star Wars shows now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the the Marvel Studios logo, but it's for Star Wars. So you get the Lucasfilm shimmer and then the Star Wars thing, and then you get the episode. The episode straight away. Um, there's um, the Mandalorian isn't the only original show. I, probably the second most uh, anticipated show for that. Uh, aforementioned cult of Jeff Goldblum is a docu-series called The World According to Jeff Goldblum where they just pick a topic and explore that topic in a half an hour. Uh, Topic one for the pilot was sneakers, which was kind of cool. Yeah, and uh, both episodes have taken place partly in my hometown. Where's that? Uh, Portland, Oregon. Oh, well. I live right next to Portland. I live in Beaverton, so if anybody's like, oh, he's not actually from Portland. I live like 10 minutes outside. Because, like, everybody wants to be from Portland. It's cool. So, <laughs> so they, they uh, I've actually uh, been to that Adidas campus. They do a really cool go inside the science center to see. Did you notice how he said Adidas? Adidas, yeah. You know why he did that? Because das- the family's name was Dossler. Oh. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. What's interesting... I wish he'd gotten into the whole sneaker wars, like the whole Puma versus Adidas. Yeah, that would have been cool. There's another, there's a biopic waiting to be written, Ryan. Maybe we should do that one. And um, The sneaker wars. Episode two came out. I mean, there's not really spoilers for these shows because it's just like documentaries. Ice cream. Ice cream. Yep. And you go to Salt and Straw, which originated in Portland, Oregon. And they, they were talking about, I've been to Salt and Straw. If you go to Salt and Straw, only get the sea salt and caramel. That's what they're known for. It's incredible but they do crazy flavors like they were talking about they're trying to do pig's blood in one for like a halloween flavor no 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 no. yeah it's that's nasty um um, the thing that intrigued me about the teaser for episode two was they were talking about how ice cream can trigger your memories yeah that's something i only watch half because mandalorian didn't drop yet and then (laughs) then like halfway through i I wasn't bored but you know i i have work at five in the morning so i get about plus he's he's in pre-production on the student film so So i i need to get i need to get three and a half hours of sleep so i was like because i knew that would be the only time i could watch before the podcast this week um i just went on twitter and i saw it's up so i i just switched over to mandalorian (laughs) As fast as I could. You fair weather Jeff Goldblum fan. I know, fan. I know. Don't, don't um, hate me, Jeff. Well, this is this is kind of related, in also under feature stories. Begun the streaming wars have. Uh, I saw an interesting article, I think it was in Hollywood Reporter, that next year all the unions' contracts expire. And that's WGA, DGA, SAG-AFTRA. And... There are predictions that unless the producers come to the table with a revised uh, rate for streaming, that there is going to be trouble. Because the standard residuals are almost gone. I mean, it's just there's no very few network television shows have a second broadcast. Sometimes a lot of the comedies do. Some of the hot dramas do, do, but most of them don't. And... Uh, that that's that reuse fee for the second network airing is a substantial amount of money. I mean, when I was on JAG, 
it was almost as much money. When my episode aired in the summer, it was almost as much money as the script fee. And when that's cut out of the equation, I mean, you've got everybody taking a huge pay cut. How much, you know, are the Friends actors getting for their... Well, here's the thing. The Friends actors, that's one of the reasons why they pulled their little their little uh, stunt with renegotiation. They, they're not profit participants. Yeah. So they had to get their money up front. Now, Seinfeld and Larry David, they get- because they created the show, they're profit participants. So when they, you know, when... When somebody says, we're picking this up for exclusive streaming rights, boom, they get paid again. But the actors just get... Oh, he doesn't need... That's why he doesn't work. He doesn't have to. He's freaking rich. I have to cut in one second before I forget. Uh, They did announce that there's... Think a Friends reunion is in the work for HBO Max. But it's not going to be an episode. It's going to be the actors talking about... Oh, really? Yeah, ah, it's going never to be, mind. It's going to be the actors reflecting on their time on Friends. I thought we were getting an episode. No, you're not getting... Sorry, get, guys. You're not False getting alarm. an episode. False Sorry. <laughs> you just get all six of them in the room on camera. Yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, it's just... I'm seriously thinking about dropping DC Universe after this season of Titans ends because we, ha- we don't know when Doom Patrol is coming yet. And... Why you know? There's nothing else. I hate the new Harley Quinn series. It's just uh, it's it's gross. It's, Is it voiced by Margaret? It's TV. Robbie? No, it's TVMA. It's Kelly Cuoco from Big Bang Theory. But it's just it's it's overly sexual, overly violent, overly vulgar. It's like who is their target audience for this thing? Ugh. Um. But uh, but still, between Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus and Netflix, and I did dump my Hulu subscription. You did? Yeah. I get it for free because... Um, student. Student with yeah. Spotify. So, so I, I, I do it just to... Ca- I still... I have maybe three shows left that are on the dead cable. Cable? <laughs> cable. What's I haven't that? I that word in a while. Uh, I watched... Watching the last season of Modern Family. Which, Ugh, to be honest, hasn't why? been good since... That show hasn't been good since... I know, but, you know, I've done every season, so why not watch the last? And then, uh, that... I watch that, and I watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine in The Good Place. So, Good Place is ending also. What'd you say, Ryan? I see Bob's Burgers. Bob's Burgers? Yeah, that's on... I like Bob's Burgers, but it's not... Is Bob's Burgers gonna go on uh, Disney Plus? Is that too... I think it's gonna stay on Hulu. Stay stay on Hulu? I know Family Guy and their shows will stay on Hulu. Oh, definitely. Those aren't Disney Plus. I mean, basically, all the more adult... I feel like Bob's Burgers has a possibility, though. Eh. It's not as vulgar as... Yeah, it's just not a brand like The Simpsons, though. Yeah. I mean, it's popular, but... You gotta have something on Hulu because yeah. they gotta get people to buy that too. They'll put all the rated R films. That oh yeah. Disney has. Well, they've already said that, that Deadpool, Deadpool, etc. Yeah. Any closing thoughts, Ryan? Not about Disney. <laughs> How about the streaming wars? Yeah, I, I think it's the same problem with all of them. Like once they're done with Mandalorian, they might have a bunch more things, but I don't see there being a high demand for that service until the next season comes out. And, and like you said with DC, same problem that they've got that one show. But once that one show's done, and I feel like that's almost every one of the streaming services that haven't been established, like Hulu, Amazon, and Netflix or HBO even. Uh, which is just not a, that's not streaming. That's just them putting their stuff out there. But 
yeah, these new ones trying to come up with original material that you can only get from that streaming service, they need to be able to compete. Like it or not, Netflix releases new original content on a weekly basis and has streaming services in multiple different countries to the point that now they have on that that nailed it show. We have a French nailed it. We have an American nailed it. We have a Spanish nailed it. We have a Mexican nailed it. It's insane, but that's because they're they're feeding into that many different markets and they have a constant stream of new material for all those different markets. I don't see any of these new services able to compete. Yeah, they might have one show more popular than all of the other shows, but when you combine the viewers from 100 shows, I think they're still going to be able to compete with one popular show. That's my final thought. Huh, interesting. I just think the market's not. I think the big losers are going to be satellite and cable providers and Apple TV Plus. <laughs> that I was Aaron, joking. not me. I I was down on Apple TV Plus two weeks ago. I'm I've moved on because it's not worth my time. Yeah, <laughs> except for for all mankind, which is awesome, and I have friends who work on the show. Um, but it's good. Um, okay. We are going. We will not be back in two weeks because that is that, that is Black Friday. So we will be back after Black Friday, and then we may have a little a bonus episode before uh, our season before our season finale to uh, discuss a little franchise that's coming to a, a legendary end. Hopefully a good legendary. Yes, please, 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 please. <laughs> Just get it right. Please. Just at least make it decent. Land the plane, JJ. For heaven's sake, land the plane. And, the Falcon, and yeah. not in purgatory. <laughs> okay. Everybody have a great Thanksgiving. Be safe. Bye-bye.